This is Mo and McGee on Fantasy. Welcome into Mo and McGee on Fantasy. Um, we're bringing you the primer theme for week seven or week six. I'm sorry. Season's flying by um, already almost halfway through. Uh, bring with us a special guest this week, Daniel Swift. Welcome. Good evening. Dan, we're going to run through some flexible flex plays, some questions, and then everybody's favorite, write that down, where Kevin is on an absolute losing streak. I don't think he's won a bet this season. Um I've Me, on the one. other hand, that's it. Okay, he, he did win one bet. <laughs> um, but we're going to start with our flexible flex plays. Dan, do you have anybody that's not like hugely rostered that you think is eligible to be played in a flex spot this week? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question to start off the podcast. I knew you'd probably come to me first because of my uh, <laughs> deep years of fantasy insight. Uh, I'm going to throw one out there that uh, is a mildly intriguing piece. I have an, uh, have him in all one of one of my leagues, and uh, he's been a solid performer for me this year and coming off his biggest week in fantasy ever, and that is none other than Gabe Davis. Uh, started in just 40% of ESPN fantasy leagues, only three catches last week, but huge week, obviously, with the touchdowns aiding that. Uh, Gabe Davis is going to continue to get targets in this offense. Uh, he essentially did not run routes in the second half and can see them being in a much tougher matchup this week, obviously, uh, that could be a shootout. Yeah, Gabe Davis is always uh, one catch away, though, from uh, pretty much clearing you in a flex play. Kevin, um, I don't don't know if I'm the biggest Gabe Davis fan just because of the volatility. Where do you sit on Gabe Davis as a good flex play this week? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, if there's a spot to to start them and, and be fired up about it. It's when they play the Kansas city chiefs where um, I think the lines at 40 or 53 and a half. Um, the over under line is at 53 and a half. Um, a lot of points going to be out there. And if you're playing a touchdown or bust or uh, you know, long touchdown guy like Abe Davis, now's the time. All right, Kevin, let's hear from you last week. You went with um, you're going to have to pronounce that. Cause I never got the pronunciation guide. Uh- Alameda Zacchaeus. There you go. Uh, he performed well, 11.9 points. However, you had kind of a bust. Marquez Callaway, 2.5. You said you put a caveat on it and said if Michael Thomas doesn't play, Michael Thomas didn't play, Marquez Callaway is still kind of a bust. Yeah, it turned into a Taysom Hill game. It, it's going to be a lot better. Uh, we're, we're throwing out um, kind of building off of Dan's take for – Gabe Davis, uh, Khalil Shakur. Um, Isaiah McKenzie's still in concussion protocol. Um, Jamison Crowder's out for um, multiple weeks, it looks like. Um, so I, especially in that high-scoring Chiefs game, uh, at least we're expecting to be a high-scoring Chiefs game, um, look for Khalil Shakur to take over the slot duties and um, probably rack up a, a bunch of uh, nice little dink and dunks with touchdown upside. Dan, you didn't like this pick when we brought it up uh, in the pre pre show meeting. Any has your has your thoughts changed listening to Kevin? No, not really. Um, 
you know, I think Kalir Shakur benefited, and Kevin probably knows this, but Kevin was watching Red Zone this week. He saw the couple of targets that Khalil got in the Red Zone and got a little too fired up. Uh, he's going to be a fine piece this week, uh, probably a 10- to 12-point player, six or seven targets, maybe a couple of shakes on some early early down screens. But, you know, I don't see that he's worthy of, of, of a flex. He's a little bit risky for me. He could definitely bust. That's true. So, Kevin, where are you going for your second? guy second guy i'm going with my marvin jones uh jr yeah marvin jones jr um for the jacksonville jaguars um was really scrambling for the second flexible flex play i'm not really even high on this one but you know what he had a shit ton of targets last week um christian kirk looked to have fallen out of favor a little bit um trevor lawrence was tossing it up to the big marvin jones a little bit more um i i could see that continuing against the Colts secondary uh, yeah, my problem is I don't trust the Jaguars at all. So um, to put a Jaguar in there, Kevin, not my cup of tea. You have any different thoughts about that one, Dan? Uh, I, he's hard to trust. You know, Zay Jones could get the majority of the targets there too. So you just don't know on that offense. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looked absolutely horrible back to year one. Trevor Lawrence last week. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know, uh, Kevin, that's, that's another tough one for me, but I guess that's why this is your podcast and I'm the guest. Damn straight. Mo, um, let's keep it going with how well you did last week. Um, yeah, Devontae Parker puts up zero. <laughs> uh, Devontae Parker was out there for 31 out of 60 snaps, um, ended up being kind of bad game script for a passing team uh for a passing situation uh not good though mike boone however came out big for me 11.5 points um startable in the flex play if you're desperate this week though going two wide receivers staying away from the running backs first pick noah brown i'm gonna get noah brown cowboys uh my thought process against this uh primetime game philadelphia Darius Slay is going to lock up either Gallup or or CeeDee Lamb. James Bradbury on the other guy. Noah Brown's going to be the only guy open. And my thought process is Cooper Rush has shown he likes Noah Brown. I think Noah Brown, six, seven targets, turns into five catches, 50 yards, 10 points, gets you out unscathed. Yeah, that, that's what you're looking out of, flexible flex play. Somebody that, you know, you have to scoop up from – uh, the waiver wire that you think can get you 10. And I think Noel Brown fits the bill here. I like that pick. Dan, any thoughts? Uh, to be honest, never heard of him. So I had to Google him while you guys were uh, chit-chatting about him. Yeah, no, sounds like a good pick to me. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> um, next one, uh, Noah Brown, young guy. Dan, you'll know this guy. Um, Randall Cobb. I'm going to put Randall Cobb into my fe- flexible Flexible flex play is easy for me to say. Um, the reason why they're going against the Jets. Um, last last game, Kevin, 13 targets, seven catches, 99 yards for Randall Cobb. Um, I think as we're seeing the season progress here, we got Lazard, who's kind of the red zone guy. Um, Romeo Dobbs is kind of fitting into that Marquez Valdez-Scantling role where you just deep shots. 
uh, Randall Cobb is going to be Randall Cobb. He's going to work the middle. He's going to work in between the 20s. Um, I, I think Randall Cobb has another day over 10 points against the Jets. I don't like this pick. Uh, oh. Reason being, um, I think it does kind of fall back into the favor of Alan Lazard and Romeo Dobbs. Um, that And the Packers caught, or Matt LaFleur caught a lot of grief for uh, not us- utilizing A.J. Dillon and uh, Aaron Jones as much last week. I look for them to return to the run and really try to pound it against the Jets up in Lambeau. Yeah, well, you're wrong, I guess. <laughs> so Could let's try, move though. on to yeah, let's move on to question time. Uh, I'm going to ask you both a question first. Um, Austin Eckler, he's the current RB one on season. I want to ask you guys, where does he finish? Does he finish as the RB1? Does he finish somewhere in the top 10? Uh, let's go to Kevin first, then Dan. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to go RB3. Right where you drafted him. Um, I, I think that's where he ends up. It looks like Saquon is probably in the lead for RB1. And then I think you can throw on a host of guys that could scoop up RB2, whether it be Christian McCaffrey, um, whether it be, you know, there's a, a nice long list of guys that I think could slide in ahead of him. But um, the concerning thing for Eckler is losing some goal line carries to Joshua Kelly. Um, he's still going to get the catches. He's still going to be a very solid player. Um, but I, I don't know that he'll stay up in the one to two territory. Dan? Yeah, I tend to agree with Kevin on this one. Um, Eckler's starting to forfeit some of those carries, as he mentioned, to Joshua Kelly. Uh, He did certainly have a nice couple of weeks here, the last couple of weeks, with 34 and uh, 35 points in PPR leagues. Uh, But a lot of that was boosted by some very long runs. He's still only getting about 14 to 15 touches per game out of the backfield uh, on carries, obviously going to keep the reception load up, but heavily relying on touchdowns in his fantasy production. And I, I tend to agree, probably falls to three or four by the end of the year. All right. Well, uh, I'm probably with you guys. I think he stays at top five just because the, the floor with the receptions. Um, it does concern me, however, uh, there is a stat out there not a good one for Austin Eckler. He has not received a carry or a touch inside the five-yard line so far this year. Um, that's Sony Michelle has a couple. Joshua Kelly has the majority. Um, hard to score touchdowns when you're constantly having to score them from far away. Austin Eckler is really good, but fantasy football is a touchdown game. He's most likely to not keep scoring those touchdowns. So uh, I'm kind of with you. RB5-ish range. Uh, He'll stay up there with the catches. My question to you guys, um, Geno Smith, Carson Wentz, and Jared Goff, all top 12 QBs so far this season. Are any of those guys in the top 12 at the end of the season? And do you consider any of those guys reliable on a week-to-week basis? Geno Smith, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff. Dan, I'll let you take this one first. Uh, yeah, that's a brain buster, Kevin. I got to think about three guys at once in one question. Uh, I'll start, I'll start with Geno Smith. Uh, he's going to be slinging it this year. Uh, I really do think that Pete Carroll is on a revenge tour. He has that, uh, scumbag Russell Wilson off the team 
uh, Pete can focus on what he's wanted to do all these years without Mr. Unlimited uh, running things into the ground. So Gino's going to be slinging it all year. His defense absolutely sucks. He's going to be playing from behind. I do think he's going to continue to pick up some yards on the, on the scrambles. Uh, he's not as nimble as you might think, but I still think he'll probably get two or three points a week in running the ball. And uh, Gino probably ends the year as, as, as a playable quarterback in most leagues. Okay, that's Gino. Uh, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz uh, is an abomination. He is somebody who I can see being benched before year in. I don't even know if Taylor Heineke is still on that team, but he probably deserves some minutes before the end of this year. Uh, The Commanders are a brutal football team to watch. I do not enjoy their games. Carson Wentz is throwing bomb after bomb after bomb that is luckily getting caught. That's aiding some of his fantasy production to date. He falls down to below uh, middle of the pack quarterbacks by year end, probably 16, 17 range. Uh, I've gone on for so long. I forget who the third guy was at this point. Jared Goff. Uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff is who we thought he was. And you saw that last week in New England. Uh, definitely doesn't have command of this offense as much as you thought he did the week prior against Seattle when they lost at home. Uh, I think Jared Goff is somewhere in the 14 to 15 range by year end. Um, They're going to run the ball a lot more with DeAndre Swift back in the backfield and going to try to chew up some clock. Their defense does suck, so perhaps he chews up some points when he's uh, playing from behind. But I'm highest on Geno Smith out of these three, and I never thought I would say that. Yeah, um, I tend to agree with Geno Smith um, and pretty much whatever. I'm going to just kind of regurgitate what Dan said, that the defense is awful. Uh, He has to throw. He has two good receivers, which he's been relying on. Um, I mean, can you name five better deep deep play receivers than Tyler Lockett? I can't. Um, and then Metcalf's a monster. So I'm with Gino. Uh, I think Carson Wentz can kind of be thrown into the same boat. You know, the the defense has not been good, and Carson Wentz is being forced to throw. Carson Wentz has a little bit of an added benefit as he likes to, you know, run his little ginger head into the goal line sometimes. We haven't seen it so far this year, but in years past, he's usually liked to to scrounge in there a couple times at least. Um, so I, I think I'm higher on Carson Wentz than Dan. Uh, three weeks over 20 points, had two bad weeks against two really good defenses. Um, so he might be more of a streamer than uh, he is a, just a consistent guy. But um, I'm in on him. I'm out on Jared Goff. I think it was kind of a magical start to the season where they maybe – caught some teams off guard with how good Amon Ross St. Brown was. And maybe it really is DeAndre Swift who kind of stirs the drink of this Lions offense. So we'll see when he gets back what Jared Goff looks like. But I'm going to say Carson Wentz probably hovers around the 12 to 13 range. Geno's going to stay up in the top 10, I think. Um, and I think Goff will kind of settle into a lower, you know, high high teens quarterback. Kevin, kind of where you're thinking. Yeah, I asked the question, so I'm not gonna um, not gonna spill all my thoughts. But I thought it was interesting that you guys both called out the Seahawks and Commanders bad defenses when the Lions are right there with them. Um, couldn't see the Lions actually be the worst out of those three defenses uh, by season end. 
Um, that might buoy off a little bit, but yeah, otherwise spot on. All right, Dan, do you have a question for us? Uh, I do have a question for you guys. And the question is, <clears throat> Travis Kelsey goes off for four touchdowns last night. Will there be another receiver or tight end with four touchdown receptions in the remainder of the season? If so, who would that most likely be? I think the easy answer is probably Kelsey again. Um, I don't four is four is just so so many, Kevin. I I don't see four happening. I can see like Cooper Cup getting three. Uh, JJ might have three. Um, I think a few guys could finish with three, but four is just you have to have such a a connection with your quarterback that I think only Kelsey has. Yeah, I was really quick trying to pull up the number of four touchdown games in NFL history and it looks to be like 90. Um, my bet, well, here we go. There were three last year, Fournette, Eckler, and Aaron Jones. So uh, none of those were all exclusively through the air. Um, I don't think that there's going to be another four touchdown game, but to pick the guy that's most likely to get it, I think Justin Jefferson has to be in there. I, you know, for another player that has huge red zone potential, I could see Mark Andrews having a four-touchdown game, potentially, with Lamar Jackson. Um, they have a big connection. Um, so throw his name into the mix. But, yeah, outside of that, I think teams are generally more talented, whereas the Chiefs, you know, while really good and – Sorry, Greg and, and Luke. Um, the skill position players are underwhelming outside of Kelsey. Um, and so we told you at the beginning of the season, Kelsey was going to be really good. Mahomes was going to be really good. They are. The rest of the guys are really unpredictable and not super consistent, which we also said. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it takes a, a really can, like narrowed down target tree. It takes a quarterback who's going to throw four touchdowns a game, which there isn't many of those. Um, so, Mandrews, Kelsey, maybe JJ, um, Cooper. Yeah, Cooper, I one more name that I'll throw on there. One more that I'll throw out there is De- uh, Devonta Adams. Um, you look at that team. Waller's never really been a touchdown guy. Renfro's never really been a touchdown guy. Um, if Josh Jacobs were to go down or even in some of these shit out games that could potentially be happening against the Chargers or um, the Chiefs um, out there in the AFC West, you, you could potentially see Devontae fall in, into that um, opportunity as well. All right. Uh, my next question, be ready, Dan. I got another three-player one for you, but you do not have to talk about all three. I'm just asking you to name one. Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave all highly picked wide receivers have all impressed in at least a few games apiece. Which one would you rather have on your fantasy team? And then which one would you rather have on your favorite NFL team? Or it could be the same player. Hmm. Well, that's an interesting question. Um, I think Garrett Wilson is going to struggle because of the quarterback position there. Um, I just don't think Zach Wilson is the answer to consistently get him the ball. Um, Chris Olave looks to be a star, although you worry about a concussion that early on in somebody's career 
uh, especially with the new rules and how the NFL is cracking down on the wobble. Uh, you watch out uh, would be surprised from a fantasy production standpoint if he's the player you expect him to be the rest of the year. Uh, but from a long-term perspective, I think Olave uh, it could be the answer there. Uh, same questions about quarterback position for all three of these teams, uh, but I believe in Olave longest long-term. Rest of the fantasy year, uh, I do like Drake London. I think he's going to continue to evolve as an option there in Atlanta. Uh, Mariota is going to need a safety valve developed. Uh, Kyle Pitts is not that guy uh, and can see it uh, being Drake London the rest of the year. So there's my answer. Drake London rest of the year fantasy long-term Olave on my team. Uh, I will offer one other highly touted young wide receiver not mentioned in your three packs that I wouldn't mind having on my team long-term. And that's Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson, absolutely, yeah. Big-time touchdown scorer, talking about that. Kevin? Yeah, um, I I, I like Carissa Lave for my fantasy team. Um, I I really thought that he was going to be a touchdown or bust type guy, but you're seeing him catch the ball kind of at each level of the field. Um, For fantasy, if you can rack up a a few receptions in the middle, a few receptions short, then you're all of a sudden not touchdown dependent on, you know, hoping – for a 60-yard touchdown. I like him for fantasy team. Um, the, for my favorite NFL team, I, I would probably go Garrett Wilson. Uh, we talked about him a lot in the pre-draft um, episodes. I think he's the most talented wide receiver out of the three. Um, I, the reason I'm not picking him for fantasy team is, yes, uh, Zach Wilson, but also playing with Elijah Moore and playing with uh, Corey Davis. Plus, they're spreading the ball around to the running backs quite a bit. Kind of falls out of favor for my fantasy team, but I love the talent if he were on the Panthers. Yeah, I, I, I was actually Drake London for both. So you guys kind of surprised me with those answers. Um, just huge touchdown guy. Um, so a little different all the way around there. Uh, Kevin, your last question. Yeah. So I'm going to switch this one up a little bit and we're going to have a little mini draft. Um, Swift will be picking first, then Mo, then me. Um, snake draft, three rounds. We're going to be picking things for your NFL Sunday watch party. Who are you taking at the 101, Dan? Like things I'm going to need for my watch party? What Top to things to have at the NFL watch, watch party. Oh, Kevin, you can't spring a question like this upon me at this hour of night. <laughs> um, one, one, I am going to go the non-conventional route and say, uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and that is just <laughs> relevant in these hearty middle-of-the-year weeks where you have an early London game. You wake up, you're hungover, you know you got to do two things. The first one I can't talk about on air, and the second one is eat <laughs> some Cinnamon Toast Crunch and watch the London game. It's not tea and crumpets, it's not close to tea and crumpets, but my God, does it taste good. So I'm going to 1-1 Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Well, that made my job a lot easier, I think, because um, I'm going to take, Kevin, that you need need some alcohol. Um, so do I need to be more specific? Yeah, you, you can't just be like, I take all the drinks and the food. Come on. <laughs> okay, I will take, I will take uh, Bush Light or your favorite Pilsner, your favorite light lager. Um, you needed some beer to have with the fellows to, to share, you know, 
some ladies like to drink beer as well. So, you know, you can have some light beer around, um, you know, getting a buzz on on an NFL Sunday. You're kind of winding down. It's the best when your team plays at noon because you can kind of booze up and then take that perfect nap at around three o'clock. Wake up for Sunday night football. Uh, hopefully your fantasy team's still in it. Um, so I'm going to go with I'm going to go with your your favorite light beer. Great pick. Uh, I couldn't let him let that one fall to me. Um, I'm going to go back to back here. Uh, food, which I love food. Clearly, uh, you can see it. Um, we're going to go buffalo chicken dip with uh, with uh, some uh, Tostitos scoops uh, with the first round pick. And on the way back, we're going to go Little Smokies. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And Little Smokies, I'm not a huge fan of Little Smokies. Oh, my God, um, you're insane. I don't know. I just The, the pot and the, the, yeah, not for me. Um Kevin, I'm going to go with, once again, didn't think this would get to me. Uh, you went, I thought you were going to take mine. You went uh, buffalo chicken dip. I'm going to get the actual buffalo chicken. I'm going to get some wings. Some wings. It's a good food. You can get uh, some different ones. My favorite is buffalo, so I'm going to stick with buffalo for mine. But usually you'd get a nice little wing platter from somewhere, uh, whether that be B-dubs or a good wing place around you. Um, but I'm going to go with buffalo wings. So my... I got light beer and buffalo wings. This is kind of unbeatable at the moment. Yeah, I don't know. Messy hands. Uh, a lot of risk there. A lot of risk. Dan, you got two picks here. Well, I'm fighting back from a bad pick in round one because uh, I was pressured <laughs> into the 1-1 one, one slot. So uh, with my second round pick, I am going to select NFL Sunday ticket. And if you don't have it, you're poor. Uh, as Kevin can attest to, being a fan in the Midwest without a team in your city, being a Browns fan myself, if I don't have Sunday ticket, I don't get to watch the Browns outside of the Red Zone channel. And to be honest, the last two weeks, you don't want to watch them when they're in the Red Zone. So I'm going to go with NFL Sunday ticket. If you don't have it, you're poor. You heard it here first. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. I was thinking more... The, the accoutrements, but having the actual all games be able to play, I, I'm with you. That's Great a great pick. pick. Yeah, absolutely. All right, your third and final pick. Round it wow. out. I got Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Sunday Ticket. And I'm going to go with another untraditional pick here with round three. Uh, I'm going to go with an understanding woman in your life. Yes, uh, <laughs> that's what it takes if you're going to spend seven hours on the couch with commercial free football and Scott Hansen on one TV. Direct TV, NFL Sunday ticket on the other. You need a woman who understands what Sundays are for. And if you don't have one, get rid of her. Yeah, you can't be going to the apple orchards. You can't be going to the grocery shoppings on Sunday. That's that's for sure. You gotta gotta kind of lock in. Um, you know, the toughest part is the Monday nights, the Thursday nights. You know, for fantasy guys like us, those are big nights. We got we gotta say locked in. Uh, can't be going to, I don't know, can't be going to Cub Foods or, or Target on, on a Thursday night, Kevin. Cannot. Um, all right, third and final pick. Now, Dan's picks have got me thinking differently than I was, so I'm kind of scrambling here. Um, but you mentioned it. I don't know if you picked it, so I'm going to kind of take this from you. I'm going to go with Red Zone. 
you got to have the red zone on. Um, you know, most likely when you get a group of people together, you're not all going to be rooting for the same team. Um, like Dan said, especially in the Midwest, Iowa, um, you're getting, you're getting, you might not get your team. Um, usually up in Minnesota, Vikings games on noon, that's on the big TV. Red zones getting played on the smaller TV or even on the phone if, you know, I have to, but red zone's a must. So I'm going to take red zone. Scotty Hansen. Yeah, that's a great pick. I'm I'm left with basic cable, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> stuck with the CBS and Fox uh, back and forth. Um, so with, with, with my with my pick, I, I guess I'm going to have to go. Uh, uh, it's tough, but you know, a, a, after having my nice food, um, I, I do like a little sweet treat. So I'm I'm going to go with uh, a nice soft chocolate chip cookie. We're going chocolate chip cookies. Um, with the final pick, we have quite the spread on my team um, with the uh, buffalo chicken dip, little smokies, and uh, chocolate chip cookies. We're going to have a tough time uh, washing that down without a drink, so that might have been where I faltered. Yeah, honorable mention for me is uh, you can go a couple different ways with this, but I was I, I like a screwdriver more than a mimosa. But some people you get there early before the game could be 10-ish. 10, 11 o'clock, might not be time for a beer yet. So you go with the OJ, either put some, you put some vodka or you put some champagne in there, make yourself a mimosa or screwdriver just to get, kind of get you kicked off. Anything that got left off your eyes list? Yeah, I'd take a cigarette. Um, <laughs> when you've been a Browns fan your whole life, about, uh, you know, if you're in the Midwest uh, Central Time Zone, about 3.15 every Sunday, you are jonesing for one, especially this year uh, watching these fourth quarter collapses. So I will, I'll insert uh, one cigarette into the fold as, a, as an honorable mention. Yeah, you don't want to be smoke, chain smoking them. Um, trust me. Trust me about that one. <laughs> oh, but there's nothing, nothing better to clear the head. You know, your team plays at noon. You probably did okay gambling, but your team lost. You have a cigarette, a quick walk, 15-minute break. Boom, the 325 games are on, and you're back at it. Yeah, the Vikings for sure have been a, in a, a heart-palpitating uh, team in the fourth quarter. So, uh, you know, stepping out, third quarter, take a little break as the Vikings are slowly whittling away their lead. Take a quick cigarette, come back in, get ready to fire up for the fourth quarter. Um, all right. You mentioned it, Dan. We got some bets. Kevin, over two last week. Not good on Rough. bets. It he was had... a rat line out there. Um, Dolphins, Jets took a big L there. Um, and then Bengals, Ravens. Didn't see a shot in hell that that was going to go under, but it certainly did. Yeah, I went uh, one and one. I pushed, so no losing money on my side. I had Bears plus seven against Minnesota. If you waited until Sunday morning, that line did go up to seven and a half. So you could have made some money. Uh, Falcons bucks under 48, easy win. Uh, Falcons weren't going to score any points except they did. Um, and the bucks didn't cover their end. So pretty good week overall. Let's start with Dan. Dan, do you have any bets or do you want us to go first? No, I have two bets. All right, here we go. All right. Here's bet number one for you guys, and this is an interesting one. Uh, probably not the type of bet you're after, but uh, and, and that's because the line's not out there that I can yet find. This is a prop bet. Um, we are going to bet the Cleveland Browns and New England Patriots 
tied at halftime. And let me tell you why. I don't know what the odds on that are. Take them. The last three weeks, the Browns' scores at halftime, can you guess what they've been? 10, 10, 10. I don't know. The last three weeks, the Browns' scores at halftime have been 14 all, 10 to 10, and 14 to 13. So two out of the last three weeks, the Browns have been tied at half. If you want a little kicker, take Browns first quarter. They will score on the first drive. They will run the ball, eat up about eight or nine minutes. Bailey Zappi is going to go three and out. And very good odds that first quarter is a Browns money line tied at halftime. Maybe even parlay them. And if I make you guys rich, I will be invited back onto the podcast for life. There you go. Absolutely. Uh, What's your second bet? Uh, Bet number two would be Dan Swift over under six and a half beers this Sunday. And let me tell you why, folks. Logan Moe is coming to town Friday night, Saturday night. Going to be huge. All right. For my first bet, this worked last week where, Kevin, I faded myself uh, because the previous weeks I had said, all right, high scoring team against a really bad team. The good team's going to score a lot. The other team just has to score barely enough uh, to make it work. I'm done with that. I'm going Broncos Chargers under 45 and a half. I think Chargers score a lot of points. Does scare me a little bit, but I I don't know if the Broncos are going to score at all. So this is really just betting. Do I think the Chargers are going to score 46 points? I'm going to bet no. So I'm going to go Broncos Chargers under 45 and a half. Yeah, it, the Broncos have looked just so bad, and Russell Wilson's banged up. Um, you know, maybe they get 10, so do the Chargers score 35? Probably not. Uh, I like it here. There you go. Second pick is one I feel with conviction, Kevin. I just feel it in my bones. Jags, money line against the Colts. I believe the Jags are three-point dogs. I think this is a rat line. People want you to believe in the Colts. Jags had two down games. Bad against the Houston Texans. The Jags are not that bad. They're going to rebound. Money line Colts. I love it halftime. I love it first quarter. I love it third quarter. Give me all the money line Jags. Well, you burnt uh, uh, or turned your nose up at Marvin Jones for being a Jaguar, and then you go out and say you love the Jags. I don't know about that. Um, I do like the Jags also, though. So I like the bet. But I also like my flexible flex play. So I obviously have been sucking on my bets like really bad. I think I'm like one in like 10 on the season, something like something like that. So I went straight to YouTube, looked up best bets for week <laughs> six, and I found all the ones that I didn't like. Um, so those these have to be in the bag. Um, we have Bengals giving up a point to the Saints at home. Um, yeah, I think the Saints at home is a tough play. Um, but you know what? According to some greasy YouTuber that was sounded like he uh, was choking on something, uh, the Bengals are the the pick there. Um, other pick we have uh, Browns minus three against the Patriots. I know Dan will like that pick. Um, I don't know that I like that because the Patriots just shut out the uh, the the Lions last week. Um, Browns are. Definitely a whole different team, but uh, we'll see. They're spotting three points on the Patriots. Uh, go put your money on the Browns. 
Dan, this is never a good sign when a guy starts fading his himself. That means he has no confidence in his bets. He's going to YouTube. Um, do you have any advice for for Kevin? He he's fading himself. He's going to YouTube. Uh, he's in he's in a bad spot. Yeah, I'll give you a couple pieces of advice here, Kevin. One, number one, okay, do not at any cost start to up your units, okay? From experience, that doesn't work. Number two, <laughs> number two, bet against Baker Mayfield. He is atrocious. Your Panthers suck. Get with the times. Win some money. Bask in the glory of their losses. That I will allow larger units for. I want huge units against the Panthers the rest of the year, Kevin. It's probably probably a safe bet. Um, yeah, all right. That's the primer, folks. Good luck in your matchups. Um, as always, I encourage you to throw 10 bucks, parlay all six picks. Um, My God, I'm that sure- would be huge. That would be massive. Um, it's probably not going to hit as Kevin is just atrocious at betting so far this year. But if you put 10 bucks on every Moen McGee parlay, I think at the end of the season, you'd be plus money. Have to be. Well, you'd think at least at one point in the season that we're going to all hit all four <laughs> at once. In this case, all six. Including one of mine being just ridiculous odds, I'm sure. Well, yeah, I I maybe wouldn't throw Browns tied at half into your parlay, um, <laughs> unless you just unless you wanted to retire. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's the primer. Anything else from you fellows? No, I I, I think we covered it. Great episode. It was great to have Dan on. We'll we'll have you back sometime soon. Next yeah, week. Well, you, yeah, you forget if he if he hits these bets, he's on for life. So <laughs> we're adding a third co-host. All right, folks, that's Mo and McGee on fantasy. We will see you next week. Yeah.